Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes Podcast. Coming to you, as always, from various time zones around the United States. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, joined by my co-hosts this evening, starting in the East Coast of New York City, Mr. Jason Becker. What's up, buddy? Uh, what's up? It's definitely not the temperature over here. It's been Shoot. below freezing all week in New York City. Uh, it's going to last for through the weekend, and uh, I've got myself a cold uh, as a reward for for dealing with this. So I apologize in advance for my uh, awful-sounding voice tonight, listeners. Well, we're thinking about uh, you and all the other New York Foxes and uh, our uh, Rochester Foxes. Actually, everyone in we'll the Midwest in the east coast right now that are freezing your little fox asses off uh we love you and we're sending you some warmth from uh san diego i speak for all the san diego foxes somebody that's uh not worrying about the cold and someone that's been missing from our wonderful podcast for a few weeks now back by uh high demand mr jim harris of the texas foxes what's up bro good to have you back hello thank you great to be back good to see you both missing chris yeah, uh, Chris can't be with us this evening. He is busy putting in the uh, midnight oil, burning the midnight oil at work. Uh, but what's the weather like in Texas? I'm bragging about San Diego, but what, what's going on down there? I heard it was cold. Yeah, we just we have just recovered from a few days of below freezing as well, which is an all hands emergency for us here in Texas. Um, we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Certainly don't know how to drive. So on Monday when I was taking Nymeria to the vet, bringing her back. I actually thought I was going the wrong way on the on ramp on the freeway, but it actually was two cars that were facing the wrong way after they'd spun. spun so welcome to Houston driving. It's normally like that, and it's even worse when it's cold. Oh, my God. Well, we're glad you're okay, and uh, you've made it back to yeah. the pod, man. It's nice to have you back, and looking forward to getting your uh, thoughts and insights on uh, – where the team sits right now coming to you guys uh we are recording right now uh it is january 18th thursday evening uh you know as you guys know we have a monday match this week so we were able to push the pod back a little bit we do apologize but you know how it goes with work schedules and things like that but we are back with you now and uh yeah this uh delay not having to play till monday turns out to be kind of a good thing when you look at what happened uh, injury wise, but we'll dive into all that as well. Did want to start off with Coventry and how the days went. What kind of turnout did you guys have in New York City? What were the New York Foxes up to, Jason? Yeah, pretty good. The uh, bar was open. We were there at uh, Football Factor. We had uh, Foxes represented from from New York City, uh, from from over um, in in South Leicestershire as well, and. Uh, Give, Got to give a special shout out to my man Stephen and and his uh, his crew, his daughters, and, and and their friends who showed up from from Eastern Connecticut. Which uh, for folks um, outside the 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 New York area, that's you know get a lot of credit for making that trip in for a seven thirty kickoff. That's like that's a, a good hour and a half, maybe two hours train ride to, to get into Manhattan to get down for a seven thirty a.m. game. It was so nice to to meet them. And, uh, you know, I know Stephen listens to the pod had been missing Jim as well. So there's no way we could record this, <laughs> this week's episode without Mr. Jim Harris down there. Oh, you're making me a blush here. I know. I'm just happy to be part of this thing. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to Steven and his family. Thank you so much for the support, man. It means the world. And yeah, thank you for making the trip to hang out with the world famous New York Foxes. Uh, they are the best hosts in the world. So yeah, once again, guys, if you are anywhere near New York City and can make a day out of it, it is worth your time. You will not regret it. The guys will show you a great time. But speaking of trains, uh, it being a 4.30 kickoff, unfortunately, here in San Diego, we weren't able to get together. So we started watching the match here uh, on the folks couch with the dogs. And uh, we had a trip planned up to Disney to meet up with my uh, brother and sister-in-law and the kids up there. And uh, so we took the train up to Anaheim. It was beautiful. Uh, anybody that's taken the Pacific Surfliner uh, along the coast here in Southern California can tell you what a beautiful train ride that is and watch into the match on the train. But wanted to say after we got to Disney, you know, I'm wearing a Vardy jersey per usual, uh, walking around the uh, walking around the park and two two people come up to me and they say, oh, we love your jersey. You know, Lester's our team. We have a dog named Lester. You know, we have uh, LCFC license plate. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of the U.S. Foxes pod stickers in my wallet, anticipating and hoping maybe that some Lester fans might be there as well that I could uh, throw those out to. And so I was like, oh, you should listen to our podcast. And sure enough, they were already listeners uh, and have been listening for a long time. And so they wanted, we got a picture together. It was amazing. So, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. Uh, it was awesome to meet you. And uh, I literally, the only thing about being, you know, the cool uncle and not having responsibilities at Disney is you get shit faced. And that's what I proceeded to do that day. So, my apologies. I can't remember what your guys' names are. And I feel terrible about it. But I was absolutely hammered by the end of the day. And uh, yeah, but shout out to you guys. Uh, if you want, if you could shout out to us on social media, that would be amazing. It would be great to get in touch. Uh, but that was pretty cool, guys, to meet some listeners right in the middle of Disney. It's it, that was pretty surreal. That's an amazing story. And it's amazing where you meet Leicester fans and to see all these, you know, the different familiar faces. And part of my being away, I was I actually got to go to, to Thailand for work and was in Bangkok. And as I stood in immigration, you know, you see the King Power signs as you walk in. And um, one of the first things I saw was someone in a Vardy shirt standing in line for immigration. So um, we're everywhere, which is great to see, you know, it's a real global family and community that we're building here. Yeah, and Matt, your story reminds me a lot of when we were all over there in the summer of 2016, right? When we all got together and yeah. how like much of a thrill it was to walk around California and like the LA area and see folks like random folks in Leicester shirts who were all coming down uh, to see us play PSG, which at the time was just like one of the most surreal experiences we can imagine, but it was so much fun and it was so great to see like so many Leicester fans down there uh, from all over. And uh, so, yeah, just bringing back some really good memories uh, Matt, with that story. Dude, what a time that was. Anybody that was there and made that trip out to LA, you, you remember just how incredible it was. I mean, you know, for, for it to be the first trip ever to America for Leicester. I mean, it was just like a coming together of so many longtime fans and just, yeah. So great, great time and uh, a great, I mean, literally the beginning of essentially this U.S. Foxes community that we all have today. So good, good times in L.A. for sure.
But yeah, guys, as we said, Coventry, the biggest game in that little club's history, apparently, uh, unfortunately didn't go our way. Seems uh, ruined by a referee. I do think that he mismanaged the game. There's no question in that. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll start with you, Jim, uh, on your first day back. Give us your uh, overall thoughts on uh, the Cove. Well, first of all, apologies for returning on a on a sad on a sour note. You know, I think <laughs> the it, it depending on which part of the county you're from, it's a big game or it's a non-event game. And I think you know you guys talked about that in the last pod, and I think that's been talked about a lot. Um, clearly, for Coventry, it is a big game, and they were up for it. I think you could see that from the first minute they were they were push pressuring us i think you know i'll give the only credit i can you know which is to mark robbins and he set the team up in a way that that was aggressive and and pressured us from the first first minute um i think we we kind of weathered the storm at the start and we started getting into a bit of a rhythm and you know in the first half and i think you could see that and the pressure started coming and equality started happening and then and obviously that that kind of progressed the game a bit. Um, but as we as we kind of, you know, we we had a couple of good shouts, we had a couple of good efforts for a penalty, a couple of good penalty shouts. I think, you know, maybe the penalty we got, you know, we were talking about this before the pod, was that the one that should have been given? And the days of, if, you know, last season, VAR, love it, hate it. Would we have had a couple more? Who knows? Um, but I think like we probably all thought watching, yeah, we get the penalty. It's in the 44th minute. This game's going to you know, see out the half. We'll get control. And um, it was a great penalty and a great couple of buildups before that. I think the Cassidy effort was fantastic. Like that was some really good football. And, you know, that was like the weathering the storm. But unfortunately, you know, the, I think the descending off of Fatal, which was probably justified, sort of changed the game at halftime, really. Jason, your thoughts, uh, your overall summary of it. I think, you know, we saw Fatawu, and I think it was a good reminder of just how young he was. Uh, loses his head just a little bit, and, uh, yeah, we pay the price for it. But we've seen earlier in the season that Fatawu does have that as, you know, that's just part of him and his personality and maybe also his age. Uh, but he's done a pretty decent job of containing that lately. But, you know, it's going to come out, and he's a passionate player, and he's someone that just wants to make something happen. And I think the timing of the challenge was the worst part of it, not in terms of the timing of his tackle, but when it happened in the game. I, you know, had it not occurred immediately after our penalty where we scored or where the Cup fans were really fired up, you know, maybe there's a 50-50 chance he just gets a yellow for that, you know. So, but he's one of those guys. And so before that before that happened, you know, I think if you looked at the balance of the game overall, it was like fairly even. And and I certainly would have really loved our chances going into halftime up a goal. And I think Maresca um, and, and the boys would have done what they needed to do to see up that game. And something that we've been pretty decent at this season. Um, you know, there are some folks who are pretty mad at Fatawa, but I just I just can't I can't stay mad at him. And I wasn't even <laughs> mad at the time, to be honest. Because you know what? Hey, here's a here's a guy that was actually like trying to get stuck in and trying to do something after seeing one of his teammates take a stud up in the thigh 
you know, and and he's trying to to get his guys fired up. He's trying to stay in the game. He maybe didn't have his best first half, so he's just trying to make something happen. And sometimes that's sometimes you know things get a little emotional in in, in derbies. But he already went out and apologized. And someone made a great comment on Twitter. I know it's been talked about a bunch. I think Pipes brought it up too. Um, you know, how many of our players didn't even apologize for like getting relegated last year? So mm. for me, I kind of took a lot of, I don't know, positives out of that red card, even though it just really, really sucked to, yeah. to lose to Cub, especially with all the BS that happened before the game. Yeah. But we have a different team this year. And it, the team had gotten so soft and so jaded and there was just no kind of toughness about anything. And to see Fatawa get stuck in, he didn't injure the guy. It's fine. No big deal to me. And, and to see Maresca then, you know, get carded uh, and get in trouble for, for dissent. It was like, Oh man, it was so refreshing. When's the last time we had players <laughs> do anything like that? It was great. Like these guys are like actually fired up man, and they want to like, Take some names. Yeah, I uh, we asked for your comments and uh, questions on uh, the socials today, guys. Instagram, Twitter, all etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and Tony Wilson, uh, friend of the show, shout out, buddy. He uh, asked if uh, you if if we would have had eleven the entire match. Do we think we win that? I don't think in, in, there's any question if if that game stays level uh, and we get to run it. I do have some tactical questions. I think that uh, that once again we kind of have to ask a few questions but i don't think there's any doubt that if we stay 11 v 11 we win that game going away jimmy no i don't think so um i think we jason spot on as usual like you know i think if we'd have seen out the half i think we would have probably been able to rally and organize a bit more like you're totally right jason like i think I think it was, I do think it probably was on the border of a red, but I think it was amplified by the fact that the the Coventry fans were on top of the referee for the penalty. You know, all you can hear when it was given and afterwards, you know, you're not fit to referee from the whole ground. Um, I I don't know if like it was, that was a foul. That was a Stonewall foul too, as you said. It was like thigh tackle. He didn't get the ball at all. Um, I think Fatal was... I give him a thousand percent credit like you, Jason, on that. I think it's like, look, he owned it, but he didn't go to AFCON because he wanted to stay with the with the team. Um, you know, we don't know how much he was really in the squad or not, but like, you know, I think the messaging is he wants to be part of this team. That the message that he said in his apology is he said, This is our shared goal. You know, everybody, like a lone player saying that, as, as you said, like James Madison last season, let's not talk too much about him, but like, oh, we're too good to go down, all that bull crap, right? Um, I think like seeing that heart, seeing that, it was just, you could just see how frustrated he was because he wasn't in the game in the first half at all. He's a guy who wants to be on the ball in the game. We kind of mainly went down the left. I think it was a frustration that Coventry had more possession than us at halftime. I think they were sort of 60, it was 65, 35 or something, which is unheard of for us. And when we did attack, it was down the middle. It was Jewsbury Hall driving it, and he was going to Mavadidi. And so I think Fatal was kind of frustrated. And you can tell that incident just before he slipped as a through ball, as a ball went to him. He was pissed off with himself for slipping. 
you know, even though he wouldn't have got it, it was cut out and he just tried hell for leather to win the ball back and get high pressure. Um, so I think that we could have like going in one up, I think the Coventry fans, they would have got over their kind of bloodlust on the penalty, calm down. And I think then our kind of usual game plan would have come in, but I, you know, we'll never know because you know, what happened happened. And I think that's unfortunate to, um, you know, to what happened in the game. And I think looking at the goals, they were very late. You know, the team was tired and was defending at that point. You know, I think it was kind of gutting. Like the one, the equaliser was probably a bit sloppy defending, to be honest. Could have closed him down way quicker. You know, we've said that a couple of times. I think, well, Fast was sort of just like jogging up to to close down um, O'Hare. And, you know, there's no chance for the, you know, for, for Mads to, to do anything. And then I think, you know, second goal, great strike. What you're going to, you know, kind of went through a body of players a bit. Again, not great as defending. And the third one was just, I think, like, that was it. It was the last minute. We'd sort of lost. We didn't know what we we're going to do. And again, sort of jogging. So I put this down. I, I think the biggest things I've seen is there's learnings and the right noises are coming out. Like, did we know, you know HMS Pista League is not sunk? It's it's taking a slight tack if we're going to use a, you know, a nautical term. But I, I feel like we're going to learn from this and the, the whole team will be stronger. And I feel like what Maresca said and what the, t the players are sort of saying and the way they're behaving is is showing that we're going to be determined to bounce back. Yeah, they had a few players that impressed me. I, the Sakamoto guy on the right wing, I think he's a, he's a hell of a player. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him getting a shout uh, next year, maybe on a on a higher level. So, I mean, overall, it is what it is, guys. And honestly, I you know, I it, I don't know, Jason. I'll ask you this: Do you think maybe we paid him a little bit too much respect? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe we did early kickoffs are weird right you never know kind of what you're going to get out of them and I think uh, the, the the players kind of knew the players had to have known kind of some of the stuff that was going on around the game and um, and then the banners you know some of those disgusting stupid ass banners that were put up along the M69 um, so they may have been aware it does seem like through the interviews during the week, the players are aware, like, this is this is a derby. I, you know, I expected to see maybe a little bit more um, out of some players, especially maybe this is harsh, but, you know, Cassidy had made a lot of comments about like, preferring to play in those types of environments and those types of games. And, you know, just the, 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 we, we just looked a little slow out there. And maybe that was the players just trying to, like, kind of keep the game within themselves kind of see out the beginning be a little bit more conservative and then, you know, kind of take their crowd out of it and then, you know, look for chances. But, you know, there's a, um, I don't know. Cove uh, has been, they've been playing really well lately and um, they, you can say they were probably, they might've been a little unfortunate to um, walk away from our place with a, with a loss in the first game of the season. So, um, I know it's a, it's a tough one. I, I mean, you know, I'm not going to pretend like they're not a good side. Right. They certainly are. So they, yeah. they, they've lost, they'd lost one in the last 12 before they played us. Correct. Yeah. After, 
you know, after a really bad start, after, you know, being not that far off getting promoted, right? Yeah. So I think that's, there's a bit of, they're kind of starting to, to click and budget direct Jack Grealish, Primark, Jack Grealish was, you know, he had a good game. Um, <laughs> look really good. He made James, I think that's one of the poorest games I've seen Justin have in a long time as well. I, I also think though that he was lucky to be on the pitch for 90, you know, for as long as he was, because, you know, he committed a few fouls, could have easily gotten a red card on another day um, for that foul on KDH that, that led to the mm-hmm. penalty. And now, KDH is injured as a result of that play. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ifs and buts. For me, um, this might just turn out to be another game, like an consequential yeah. game. And, and, like, that's a that's what we want, right? That's what we want to see, like, that this game doesn't really matter. And that uh, um, the game that Cub fans cared so much about, like, just doesn't really matter in the end because we get promoted, hopefully. Um easily and and maybe they don't even you know qual you know they, they don't even make the playoff or something happens where this game becomes yeah. a factor which I, I think for for us that would be the sweetest mm-hmm. kind of form of 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 revenge and, and best way sure. to kind of get over the game i mean think about it guys like look at the position of our club the run that we've been on in you know the last decade comparatively to coventry like we are their biggest game we are their biggest pelt it was always going to be ramped up to a thousand it's a damn derby like whether it is to us or you personally uh it is their derby period the end and whether they want to admit that or not that's one thing but it 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 is they want to be us they want to have a, a smidgen of the success that we have had and so look the first time we played them it was fucking intense the the only way that we got out of that match is because we had you know our new danish keeper stood on his head and made save after save after save so intense match uh, we go down a let you know go down a guy i it's, it's it's just a ming and result and at the end of the day at least you didn't have to go back to coventry so i think yeah. we move on and uh yeah. go from here and, and they'll think, they'll go back to playing against you know in front of a half empty stadium again next yeah. week. Maybe they get us again in twelve years in the FA Cup draw. I just want to say a big shout out to Matt for wearing a cap in the first half. I'm always I'm always a big oh, fan dude. of wearing caps. Thank cap you. Thank you. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Yeah, uh Mad's cap. That was incredible to see Mad the cap. black Adidas <laughs> hat on our boy. Uh that was that was a great shout, Jimmy. Oh man. So yeah, you, you, you mentioned uh, the entry to KDH, Jason. I think it's a good time to bring up um, our midfield situation right now between uh, an injured Superman, Wilfred and Didi, and now KDH. I mean, you know, we said like uh, the fact that this game this week is going to be on a Monday could be a good thing because KDH has not been ruled out necessarily for Monday. Uh, certainly, you would have to imagine if this were a normal Saturday matchup, you would definitely be a no-go. Uh, but maybe we get him back Monday. But regardless, we're going to have questions. So I'll start with you, Jim. What is your thoughts uh, on that midfield? And, and are they going to be able to handle this? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I wonder if like Hamza will get a shout in this game because yeah you know, it's first versus second but we are at home um i i think if kdh is you know he's doubtful at the moment as you said uh, he's going to be a big loss because i think in the last game he was someone who 
was up for it. He played really well. Um, and he was sort of, I think he did the lion's share of what was good in the Leicester game in the last match. Mm. And it looks like he's starting to get back into his rhythm a bit. He'd been off the boil for a, a couple of games. But so he's going to be a big loss if he if he's missing. But I feel like, as you said, Jason, is this the time for Cassidy to kind of really start like proving his mettle? Um, is it? I I I have a sneaking suspicion it might be Hamza coming in and sort of just creating some shore up in the midfield, doing some simple stuff. We might see Winks a bit more forward, and um, or maybe a double pivot and sort of four two three one. Um, with maybe Cassidy playing sort of behind the striker, which I think is actually maybe a better position for him anyway. Because um, I think the work rate and sort of his, his mobility is not quite what we're looking for still. Um, but his positional sense and attacking sense is pretty good. Um, or even you put in a, you know, do you have a unit at the 10 where he kind of has, he did play quite well in the last outing that he had in the FA Cup. So... I think you've got a couple of options there and um, it'd be interesting to see what happens really. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Sorry, Matt. Oh no, I was just going to say it, it, it really, you know, if we, if we don't go with Hamza and we do go with, you know, that Eunice um, Cassidy matchup, it, uh, it really leaves Winksy as the, the only real experienced, truly experienced midfielder there, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also, uh, we're missing a lot of athleticism and mobility in, in that midfield, um, which is really important. And I think um, it's probably why we had a little bit more trouble than we needed to have against, against Coventry. Um, we rely on the dynamic play and the athleticism and the um, endurance of Wilfred Ndidi and Kieran Dewsbury Hall so much. They're so important to the way that we play. So I, I do think we missed a trick also in um, leaving Hamza on the bench the last time we played Ipswich. Uh, maybe we could have seen that game out a little bit better yeah. had he come on. Um, so I'd like to see a bit of Hamza here. And uh, I think when, he, when he's been given a responsibility, I think he's done very well with it this year. Uh, and just thinking about the how, how we set up and how we set up the midfield, We've done this before when we've been up in, in games and, uh, or, you know, we've really tried to kind of like stamp down on, on, on sides and put Ricardo in that more advanced midfield role. Mm. And maybe this is an opportunity to do that and to pin them back and we can go with Justin and Doyle as, as the backs, or maybe even Justin and Foss. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking that we need a little bit more, we need a little bit more quality um, on, on the pitch there and um, play play Ricardo where he can really show that off. Mm, yeah. And then, like, maybe have Hamza and sort of shoring up a bit more yeah. and, let, Rick, and let, let Ricky P kind of be a bit more attacking than he normally is when he's – because normally it's him and Winks as a sort of two and then the other two midfielders sort of head. But, yeah, I think he's shown that he can play there and, you know, he's popped up with a few goals this season too. Yeah. Jim, what do you think defensively wise? You think Connor Cody's going to get a shout in this, or are we going to go with uh, the proven pair of Vesti and Welfoss? I kind of feel like it's going to. I think I think like Vestergaard's a lock on starting eleven now, pretty much. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Fass is. He had probably one of his worst games this season. 
in the last match. So I think he's going to, I think he's the sort of character that we've seen this season that he'd be up for it. Um, so I'm, I'd keep him in. I think the question is going to be, do you keep JJ in or do you bring back Callum Doyle who contributed in the FA Cup as we saw with that, you know, long, long ball over the top? Um, or um, do you kind of keep with JJ who had again a bit of an off game, but against, like, as you said, Matt, a very good player in Sakamoto. And um, I think when we don't have him, we miss his pace, though. So I think it's I'd, – I'd probably keep the same back three and just not – and then it's really just who do you put in the midfield that um, is going to fill in for KDH's big hole if it is there. And then I think hopefully, fingers crossed, we have another striker on the bench, you know, um, you know, a, a, this young unknown guy called um, Jamie Vardy or something. Yes, like yes, yes. Uh, the news coming in that he is fully fit and training again. So we will have uh, our legend back on the bench. That will be incredible, uh, Jason. Yeah, he's got to be fired up to to play. Also, to see like a young gun come kind of come in and and get all the accolades. And it seems like everyone who's come in and had their opportunities of DACA was on fire. And now he's out down at Afghan. Now Cannon's come in. You know, Vardy's got to be itching to to kind of get his place back. In, in, in. For sure. Well, uh, the good news is, guys. I mean, it, it, at least it's only the second place team that we have to play after uh, the loss on Saturday. Uh, looking at what's happened to Ipswich, you know, it feels literally like yesterday that we played them in that match. But uh, kind of some mixed results uh, after their draw with us. Uh, drew the lowly QPR, then a draw with Stoke City. They beat Wimbledon in the uh, FA Cup, and then they beat Sunderland last week, 2-1, to one, a nice match. And we all know the run that Sunderland's been on. So this is going to be a tough match, guys. Don't kid yourself. And the fact that we're going to be down some key players uh, is, is not going to make things any easier. So hopefully... The boys can pull through. Enzo can come up with a nice game plan and uh, we can put the performance in that we all uh, have been capable of because we definitely need a bounce back. And I don't think you can ask for a better opportunity or, you know, a more a better way to say that we are OK. The ship is fine than to hand it to the second place team. And I mean, that would give us a nice little jump in the point department as well, guys. And uh, I mean, this is six point game. Yeah, it's huge. You know, uh, want to keep that daylight between us and and everyone behind us. And you know, if we, you know, lost some some ground over the weekend uh, to to some of you know, the teams behind us, and it, you know, there's a possibility to you know to kind of get that back. I think that that would be huge, and it's just good for the psyche and kind of good to discourage the rest of the league as well. To know, like, yeah, we never really totally slip up. We never go on a losing run. Like, every time this team bounces back, and look what they did against Ipswich. Let's get it done against Ed Sheeran once again. Guys, let's talk about uh, we had a cup draw. Birmingham. It was going to be whole, it was going to be Birmingham. So now we get to play Birmingham again. Uh, Jim. I'm quite happy with that draw, to be honest, because I know we want to kind of play a big boy and test our test our credentials against the premier league team but i'm kind of also for the let's have another cup run right you know, it's I, I love having a good cup run it's always good fun um more games that we can watch um espn plus hooray 
And um, also, I think it's it's a chance for some of the fringe players who are not getting maybe some minutes to get in and we get to see what they're like, and so does Enzo. So I'm happy with that. And um, now we'll see who they, how they do under a new manager. Another one. <laughs> yeah, we don't – I mean, who knows? They can even have another one by the time we play them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't mind them. I think if I had to choose between Hull or, or Birmingham, I'd choose in Birmingham. Uh, Hull looked like they're starting to, to, to kind of come together and they're building um, a pretty decent squad over there and, and starting to play some, some, some better football. So uh, I think it's favorable. And uh, I'm with Jim, like – let's let's go as far as we can in this cup let's let's give our fans a little something something extra to to cheer for and like look this is a it's a i'm never up for throwing an fa cup game i think the fa cup is just one of the great competitions in the sport it's one of the great competitions i think in sports so you know, hopefully, I mean, I'd like to see the, the the tournament kind of get back some of the it's it's lost prestige. Uh, we are seeing some of the big boys not always, you know, show up with, with their with their big players, and the, some of the the we don't really feel it here because we get so many of the games broadcast. But some of the broadcast decisions in the UK have been, I think, pretty questionable. And kind of taking away a bit of that magic and, and folks aren't getting the chance to see those non-league clubs play the big boys on, on tv and the smaller clubs and hopefully that that changes and gets better um over there um because it's just it's such a wonderful tournament man and now that we finally won it the only thing i want is to win it again yeah it'd be pretty freaking sweet to you know depending on how this round goes i mean it, a bunch of premier league teams and then us you know being the dark horse and i don't think anybody want to want a piece of enzo's boys if that was the case no and there's a couple of draws as well that start knocking out some you know, big teams you know chelsea villa oh they're not big teams um but like tottenham <laughs> tottenham man city uh as well i think you know Newport, Newport, obviously going to knock out Man United, so we'll we'll hope that happens um, as well. So I, I think, yeah, Jason, I'm totally with you. We've got home home tie against the, and it's a winnable game. Um, the teams that, yeah, like the TV schedule is, is shitty for, for traveling fans, but I think they also pick, you know, who's going to be on, who's going to be the the highest watchers. I think like the big strong Leicester boys talked about it. You know, I think with. Um, you know, with them being, you know, a couple of them being in broadcasting, they kind of know what's behind it. And it's just, we know it's what's going to be the biggest, um, the biggest watch, the watch fest, you know, rather than what's the most interesting game or thinking about people traveling is incidental, unfortunately. And, you know, that's been for a while now. So uh, it sucks. And I, I think I agree that it should be, there's some, should be some tweaks that, if a non-league team makes it to the third round or to the fourth round, they should be on TV. They need, they should get the TV money. Um, Agreed. I think there was a suggestion. They should, they should automatically kind of like chat with the team. Do they want to, should they play at home or do they want to play away if they want to play away and get more gate receipts, you know, if it's doable. I also think there's, you know, there was a sensible suggestion I heard about, um, is the replay, do you want to replay? Is that something you can talk between, the two teams about do you want to replay or not and you know i think it's unfair to not have replays for teams that are non-league and i think it's probably 
unfair to have replays for Premier League and Championship teams, but just pick a lane and stick with it. And everyone knows the rules before they go. But I think the TV stuff and the, you know, giving some credit and giving some advantage to the, the non-league teams to keep that magic going would be a viable tweak. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that tor- rules uh, for tournaments should be decided based on um, what Jurgen Klopp cries about. Uh, no, you know, and, and it's been one of the great things about this season in 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 the second division in the championship is that we don't have to really worry about any of that stuff, right? We don't have to worry about hearing Pep or or Jurgen or those types of guys cry and complain and. And, you know, and I think that's also, you know, one of the good things about the about the FA Cup and and, and the way it was is that, you know, it's kind of a throwback to to, you know, some old school football. And um, and we've got some games with VAR and some don't give everyone give the people what they want, you know, and get rid of the VAR for this tournament until you're maybe in the uh, in the final and, and Chelsea are just offside. <laughs> was goal. But other than that, you know, it's not needed. Oh, man, what a day. What a day. Well, speaking of the FA Cup and um, derbies, truly, uh, our ladies were able to get some derby business taken care of. Defeat of Derby County. Man, they just keep on. It seems like they're really getting their groove back, Jason. I mean, it's been an up and down season, surely, but looks like we're starting to get things uh back on track uh at beaver drive yeah i mean look that's a game we 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 should you know i think we would expect to win but it's good to win those games um i I also like that the um while relegation doesn't seem to be as big of a fear this year the club they're not sitting still when it comes to the women's team they're still making signings you know just brought in a you know a japanese international Born in New York City, I might add, yeah. uh, who's you know scored big goals and played everywhere, and you know they're they're the club, you know they're they're not content to kind of be where they are, and for for Leicester City Football Club to show that type of ambition um, for the for the women's team, I think is is so much fun for us to to get to watch um, and to put four past Derby is certainly a, you know a statement of of those ambitions it's not just one japanese international that we just signed for the women's team it's two Dude, so i'm right. both from link shopping i believe the team is called that we signed them from in, in in sweden as well so you know good times and good to see the teams making moves and it was listening to the the interviews with with the man with the manager as well willie um maybe not the right name for a, the, the coach of the women's team but um <laughs> anyway uh he didn't pick it. <laughs> he didn't. But uh, I think it. You know, he's seen. You know, I think he used that as a good opportunity to to, to blood some new players, and um, you know, see what 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 the both the new you know the new signings could do. And like like you said, Jason, building a team, and I think we've got some really good players in Leipzig and Petterman, especially who were kind of really, you know, Leipzig in goal is she's fantastic, and I think Petterman's a class centre forward. Like, yeah, and um, just sucks, you know. Hurricane's injury, her to have to kind of go through this again is just such mm-hmm. a such a blow. And uh, she'd been playing so well, like just looks so dangerous in the wing uh, on the wing, and 
it's clear it's clear that you know that's a we didn't really have a replacement for her you know on the bench she just brought so much quality um and so much you know attacking play went through her um so we had to kind of reinforce the um uh the the attacking ranks on the side and, and we're able to do so i think with some some really you know exciting players who have already you know made contributions yeah well yeah so keep it rolling ladies proud of you and uh it's been real fun to watch uh them get a little bit of a resurgence going uh other news guys uh afcon is underway pat Zendaka already has an assist uh off kind of a crazy play we were talking about it before uh we started recording today so uh good to see him doing his thing for uh zombie already yeah yeah um that was a crazy goal um daca got just taken out by the goalkeeper um on his way out out of the you know box trying to make a clearance um and probably had his bell rung pretty pretty good there uh but still had the presence of mind to just get right um to the touchline and and take a quick throw in which led to the goal, which is, you know, heads up shot by Kings Kango, which is one of my favorite names. I just, I don't it's know why so I was Clams Casino when I hear his name. Uh, but he, uh, I mean, he had a heads up, you know, the, the keeper was still just not, not, you know, at that speed and uh, was still outside of his goal. He floated one over and defender just like tripped over himself, went off of him into the goal. And it was like, just a beautifully chaotic uh, AFCON goal. I, I loved it. And I, I love this tournament. Um, I, I work from home, so I put on, uh, I've been putting on the AFCON games in the background. Today was a big game, big, big day. All the big boys are out there playing today. Um, it's a great tournament. The crowds are amazing. The kits are incredible. It's like if you're not watching AFCON and you have the opportunity to, to during the day and you call yourself a football fan, like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get the games on. It's, it'll be worth it. They're, they're so entertaining. Yeah. I, don't, I Am I the only one that had uh, shades of Nathan Dyer getting knocked the fuck out by Brad Guzan on that play today? Yeah, that, yeah we are. Uh, yeah, it was like he totally got clattered and uh, – he popped up pretty damn but quick. He popped though, up pretty quickly. Which, you know what? I want to give Pratt and Daka some some damn credit here because a lot yeah. of folks talk about him being a little too soft and not being tough enough to play the English game. And I, I haven't seen anyone take any of our strikers take a hit like that in the championship this year. And you know, he oh. ate that and got right back up and and got Zambia on the score sheet with that play. Hmm. Good stuff. Please stay healthy, Batson. Just please stay healthy. And, and folks will see, you know, there are some some former Leicester players you'll see, you know, popping around that tournament. Yeah. Certainly yep. Riyad Mahrez, right? With Algeria, Islam Samani. Uh, they had a disappointing game. Um, big Dan Amarty is out there. Who else? Uh, uh, Papi Mendy, Max Gradle. Yeah, Max Gradle yeah. on there. Oh, Ahmed Musa is, believe it or not, still getting uh, still going still on huh? the um, Nigerian side. Wow! So, not sure if you'll get to see him this tournament, but um, maybe maybe there'll be a shot of him on the bench. Nigeria's number seven forever. 
And it, it, I have noticed that Kalechi's not really getting any minutes at all. Yeah, um, I, he, I think he is still injured, though. Um, so, so that's an issue. And also, he's been on the bench, but I think maybe he just sits there because I mean, he's, he's eating all the bones. We we talked about uh, you know that unknown young striker and Jamie Vardy that that's coming back for us, uh, but Nigeria also have uh, you know just a a little little unknown striker named Victor Osiman who is the yeah. best player in the in Syria in Napoli and, and to, speaking uh, of the yeah. Scudetto. So speaking of Syria, Ademola Lukman in the Nigeria team as well. You know that's another one. Good, good, another good shout. Lecture. Good shout. What could have been? What could have been? Uh, well, Alvin Bassi too. He was a Leicester youth player. Man, we should have probably had the list ready to go. So, because we're probably still missing somebody, but um, we definitely are. We have to be. Yeah, we we don't. I don't think the listeners need us to hear us reel off from thousands. Of things. They know. They know. <laughs> well, this is more for us. Like, yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, it's going to be on the toilet later, and just like a name will pop into his head, and hundred percent. I'll tweet it if that if that happens. Yeah, we've been well. You know that. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah weirdos well while uh watching uh pats and daca uh get hit like i don't know prime brian dawkins was back there uh i will say that uh it got me thinking about the nfl and also apparently our listener weston who responded to our uh our plea for questions and comments weston's uh asked us earlier in the season you might remember he was the guy asking about our favorite nfl teams well, he's back with another nfl question just wondering what we thought of the NFL playoffs last weekend. So a uh, quick little summary, uh, I guess <laughs> I, first of all, shout out to a great listener, uh longtime listener, Chris, Chris from Colville, who I know is the, probably the biggest Cowboys fan in the UK. Uh, so I was, I was definitely feeling for him uh, and, uh, and the Cowboys, but yeah, some, some good stuff. I think some surprises watching uh, those guys play in the cold was pretty, pretty crazy. I always love it when it's like that, but yeah, I, I get, kind of apathetic uh, towards the NFL once my team's out. I don't know about you, Jason. I do as well, but as a Giants fan, I mean, there was just so much schadenfreude like this last weekend. It was just, <laughs> there's nothing more that I love to, than to see Dallas get smoked. I'm sorry, Chris. You know, we've been going back and forth a bit this season, Chris, but I'm sorry. I, I just, I have to, I have to celebrate that one. And also have to celebrate the just complete collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, my man Luke out there. Sorry for that one too. But for a Giants fan, it was a very good weekend. At the end of the day, yeah, you know, you guys might have made the playoffs. We didn't, but we all end the season the same way. Jimmy, uh, on a one to ten scale. Ten. Let's just talk about CJ Stroud for a second. I think oh I think God. I I, I resisted texting Matt when the Texans beat the Colts to in the in the winner takes everything playoffs match. Um, but yeah, like I, I am actually a pretty big NFL fan and I have been since back in the day of the Oilers being in Houston before I lived here as well. So um, I like Jason had a very enjoyable weekend of watching the playoffs. Watched pretty much every minute of of the weekend. Um, you know, apart from the Texans playing outstanding, an outstanding game, um, and and crushing the Browns, I think it was also super enjoyable watching just the Cowboys collapse. You know, sorry, Chris, <laughs> um, but 
you know, the pinnacle being, you know, pick six. And also then even the coup de grace was to me was going for two, getting to offensive pass interference, then missing the, then trying to kick the field goal, kick the extra point instead of missing that. That was just like chef's kiss. Sorry, Dallas, Dak Prescott, we hate you. Cowboys, we hate you. <laughs> and I just got to say, Jerry Jones, don't come out and say you're going to fire the coach. Like, don't say we'll see when, you're, when your team is in the playoffs. So Jerry Jones, the close-up of him, looking around at the executive box going like, what the fuck's happening? was just beautiful to me. Yeah. Um, the only other highlight, yeah, like you said, minus 27 in Kansas City. I was quite, I'm quite glad that we're playing the Ravens this weekend on Saturday and not the Chiefs in Kansas City with that kind of weather because yeah. Patrick Mahomes, when he gets into playoff season and he's on a roll, which you know the Chiefs are and he is, it's very scary where I think a bye week and, a, and resting Lamar t- for the for the last regular season game may be something that you know the Texans could do. So you know, here's hoping I'll be watching on, on the weekend. But Chris, you're all right. I mean, you know, you, you know how we, <laughs> we don't hate you, Chris. We love you, Chris, but we don't like yeah. the Cowboys in the in the slightest. And yeah, no, we had some good good. There was I know there was some good banter in the in the, in the DMs throughout this season. So yeah. long may that continue, and I'm looking forward to doing that again next year. Yeah, so I I'll jump on uh, the Houston bandwagon with you, Jimmy. Uh, definitely, I appreciate that. Definitely bummed that we lost to you, but like I said, without uh, without our quarterback, I, I don't know. Minshew just wasn't going to get it done for the Colts this year. But I think the uh, quarterback situation in the AFC South, minus the shit show that's happening in Tennessee, is going to be amazing for the next few years between Lawrence, uh, Anthony Richardson, and, and CJ because CJ is just yeah. so impressive. So uh, thanks. Weston for that uh, question. We did have one final question uh, before we let you guys go that we wanted to answer. And that comes from listener Nick Green. Nick wanted to know, lads, can we get a talk conversation around your favorite local slash supported MLS slash USL teams? Be good to see perspective on football in the USA. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's a great one. I would say I, I kind of got a, a mixed bag just due to some personal relationships. I have some buddies that play for several different teams. And, uh, so right now I am all about Louisville city, uh, football club in the USL where my friend Kyle is the, uh, the left back. And then my friend Brad is the, uh, is the starting keeper for Austin, uh, FC, uh, Brad Stuber, good buddy of mine, former neighbor. So I cheer for uh, those two teams right now. And then, of course, we got San Diego FC starting in 2025. So I uh, am looking forward uh, to that and hopefully having some uh, Leicester legends uh, come join and play in the sunshine. Uh, Jim, you want to go next? So on a, on a 10 for the NFL, I'm a probably about a one for the MLS, I'm afraid. I was, <laughs> I was a big a big dynamo fan when i moved here i was a season ticket holder for the first few years i lived here but i don't think and it's not that i'm a kind of glory fan you know plastic fan that gives up it's more it's when it's 105 degrees and 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 they just and the seats that if you're not a member that you're paying 100 plus bucks for a ticket are facing the sun for an afternoon game so it, it feels like 120 I'm sorry, I'm not going to go and sit and watch watch that. And it's the so the Dynamo. Yeah, I like I I I will I'll cheer for them, but I'm not going to go out of my way to 
to watch them, I'm afraid. Jason? Oh, this is a tough one for me, guys. Um, so I was a big Metro Stars guy back in the day. So Metro Stars are now New York Red Bulls. But I was a really, really loved Metro Stars. And there was just something just different about them. It was different to any other kind of like sports experience in the States. Um, they were playing in Giant Stadium at a largely empty Giant Stadium, which is now MetLife. It's a newer, new stadium out there. And I, I loved it. And they were kind of crap. And um, But they were kind of my team. And things changed for me when Red Bull came in and bought them. Now they're New York Red Bulls. And they're like, what, the third or fourth priority for the whole Red Bull football you know, yeah. pyramid. And then now we've got NYCFC, who are Man City, right? City football group. So I just can't have anything to do with them. It's right. tough, you know. And so, and I, I think New York, New York has really gotten shortchanged. You see some really amazing things with uh, the, the football culture, especially in the West Coast, where these teams are not part of these multi-club ownership schemes, and they are the priority in the, in the sport for 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 those teams and their and their fans. And it's just not really the same in in New York. Um, Cosmos, who knows what's happening with them? They're not really around anymore. So I guess long story short, you know, while uh, if it comes to down to Red Bulls versus um, NYCFC, I'll still kind of go for Red Bulls because of my history with with Metro Stars. Um, I do keep an eye out on uh, Charlotte's results. So while while Fuchs was there, I was you know hoping that Charlotte would would do really well. Now he's been coaching with them. Now Dean Smith is now their yeah. manager. Yeah. So as long as Christian Fuchs is involved with um, with Charlotte FC, I, always, I will always take a keep a lookout uh, for them and how they're doing. Uh, and then also he's got a USL Pro team, uh, you know the uh, FSA, you know Foxes Pro, I think it's called. I might I might be screwing up the mm-hmm. name, uh, but but I, but I do kind of loosely follow follow their results. I did make a promise to uh, one of our listeners, Kevin, and uh, one of the, one of the great American Foxes out there. That I'll take a road trip up to go see um, his uh, Vermont Green um, FC. I'm going to try to do that this year. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. Hope that answers your question. And, yeah, shout out to uh, Kevin, good friend of the pod. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for your question, Nick. Uh, all sorts of questions this evening. So love it when you guys uh, send those in. It does make a little uh, more, I don't know, conversation between us and the listeners. It's always fun, right? Yeah, get to know us, right? Yeah, a little uh, bit. Well, look, this is like, to be honest, like for me, you know, this podcast is kind of an extension of what we do during the week and it keeps us in touch. And and we talk about this stuff like throughout yeah. the week. We don't just talk about Leicester City, believe it or not. It does seem like that. Yes, but we do yes. talk about other sports and other things going on in life and culture and all sorts of things too. So Big culture, guys. We are very big. We talk a lot about art, and so we're going to start our new art and um, opera podcast coming. will be coming soon. Yeah, mainly, mainly opera. A lot of opera talk in yeah, our. Uh, it is, yeah. You know, there's a big split between you know classic Italian opera, and then there's some deep Russian, Russian vogue, uh, opera fans as well. And it's like you know the two of us just you know the two groups don't get along. Yeah, fo- foxes and falsettos would be looking for that pod that's coming. 
I think that's a perfect uh, place to wrap up this evening's podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast. It does mean the world to us uh, that you spend a little bit of your week uh, with us. If you could uh, go ahead and smash that five-star review and uh, just leave a few kind words. It does help us to get out in front of more ears. And yeah, from Columbus to Colville, we will see you next time on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Cheers. Cheers.